We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody and welcome back to the sanctuary. So great to have you here with us today. Uh, Last week, of course, our podcast was a bit short as I have been sick uh, thank you so much for your prayers, words of kindness. You know, the Lord has brought me through and I'm really, I'm feeling much better, even though I know uh, I, I don't necessarily sound it. I uh, still have a bit of congestion, a bit of a sore throat um, from the coughing and everything, but really uh, just so much better. Uh, thank you again. Um, now, before we start this week's message, I'd like to point out that we've gone through a lot this past year. We've actually completed all 10 of the least preached books in the Bible, and nine of the ten shortest books of the Bible. That is a lot. There's a lot in there. Now, of course, I encourage you all to go back and read through all of these books as well um, on your own to see what the Lord has to say to you. You know, I'll never, ever encourage you to take just my word or anyone else's for that matter. After all, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, uh, the Bible says, Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth, which means that we all need to be faithful or diligent in how we study uh, the word and um, you know, how we present it. So, you know, it's not not only that, you know, we want to make sure that we can truly understand it, but that we're sharing it properly uh, with others. And also, you know, uh, by doing this, we can also ensure that we're sharing the true light of God's word and its true meaning, uh, you know, with the world. All right. Now, with that said, let's dive into today's, into today's word. Now, this is going to be a hard application for some. Why? Um, Because we live in a world in which nobody wants to offend, alienate, hurt feelings, or lose friends. However, when you follow Christ and you share the gospel, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what you're going to do. Why? Well, simply put, Love hurts. Love hurts. The Bible teaches us that love isn't just some feeling. It's not just some empty words or some meaningless emotion, even though that's what it seems the way the world tosses it around. Rather, the Bible teaches us that love is in action. And when you tell people, What they're doing is wrong, no matter how lovingly you say it, no matter how well you you say it, or how gingerly you mean it and intend it. People don't want to hear that they're wrong. They get offended. They get upset. It hurts their feelings. And the more a part of the world someone is the more they're going to be offended by it and the more it's going to hurt them. Plain and simple. 
for those with their Bible and those uh, you know that follow along with an app, those taking notes as well, join me in John 15, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 27 here. Um, Jesus says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All right, bear with me, guys. I'm hitting my mute button every time I cough, so I'm not blowing out your ears. I apologize if I miss it, though. Um. As much as, you know, we can't stand it when others don't like us. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. See, the world hated Jesus first. Why? Because he performed miracles? Because he treated strangers, the outcast, and downtrodden with love? Because he called out the hypocrites? No, it was because he spoke the truth. He said the hard things. He didn't tell people what they wanted to hear. He didn't sugarcoat anything or try to put some kind of a spin on it, make it sound really good. No, he told them the truth and he told them what they needed to hear. Again, not what they wanted to hear, but what they needed to hear. And because this is how the world responded to him doing this, he knew that he needed to warn us to expect the same. Why would we need to expect the same? Because we're not better than Jesus. If he who lived a sinless life showed absolute love, was hated so much that the world nailed him to a cross? And guess what? It's not going to like you and it's not going to like me for following his example and trying to do the same things as Christians. Jesus knew it was going to be hard. 
He knew it. He knew it was going to be tough. How hard? Real hard. One of the hardest things that we're ever going to have to deal with. So much so that in warning us that he also felt that he, or not felt, but he knew he needed to give us a gift of hope. And that's why he told us that he would send the Holy Spirit. That's who he's referring to when he says advocate. That's who he's referring to when he says spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit was sent to give us strength to deal with an uncaring and unloving world. To endure the persecution that would come as a follower of Christ. So that we could have someone to commune with and be reminded of God's teachings and so much more. Because dark times are coming. We're going to have those dark times in our life. And we need that source of light, that source of love. All right. That's how tough it was. It's going to be. He knew it. That's how tough it is. Let's face it. Things get hard. And it's just, man, it, it will beat you into the ground. It will absolutely beat you into the ground. You feel like you got in the ring with Mike Tyson in his prime and he and he just landed one of those knockout punches on you. You know? But that's why that's part of why he sent the Holy Spirit. Because he knew we would need that empowerment. All right. Now, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus goes on to say, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have, uh, sorry, in the world ye, sh- ye shall have tribulation. I'm a little tongue tied there, sorry. Um, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, these are words to give us courage, to build our hope, and to, to help build our trust in Him. Again, these are words of empowerment. Jesus warned us life was going to be hard. We're going to have struggles. That there would be torment, pain, strife, and that through it all, no matter how tough it gets, we will never be alone. That he will be with each and every one of us, and that he will be with each and every one of us every single step of the way. You know, he, he, he's assured us the victory has already been won. It's already been won. So we can find peace in him. That's part of where, you know, as a Christian, that the that peacefulness that we find that's just undescribable. That's that's why that's how it comes to us. It comes to us through the Holy Spirit. It's that peace that we find in Jesus. You see, by following Jesus, you're going to lose friends, you're going to lose family. Acquaintances are going to turn you away. As painful as it may be, it's going to happen. People I've known for decades, decades, have turned hateful and walked away from me because of my faith in the Lord. Some have simply just walked away. Others have made it a point to be very vocal about it. You know, I love and I pray for them just the same. And I'll still be here and ready to celebrate with them when and if they come to Jesus. You know, now why why does... You know, and this is going to happen to all of us at some point in our lives. 
You know, why, why does this happen? Well, it's simple. Such is the way of the world. It's the way of Satan. The media is one of his greatest tools right now. It really is. You know, many people, they don't care or want to hear what the Bible has to say because it tells them that what they're doing and how they're living is wrong. Aha! You know, I know what you're thinking. We're back to this again. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we absolutely are. Full circle but there, buddy. Full circle. See, the the way the devil masks it, and he does, he, he, he camouflages it. See, he, he convinces people that they are a victim and that the world needs to bend to them. That, that the world needs to bend to them. Now, is there any truth to this? Some. Very, very little, though. See, what, what, the, what the truth is, is yes, they are a victim, only it's not of what they think it is. Rather, they are a victim to the devil, his lies, and his traps. Remember John chapter 8, verse 44, the Bible tells us that the devil is the father of lies. And the devil would have you believe that you're good enough just the way you are. That you were born this way. And that the world should bend to you. Anything else is an affront. It's an attack on you. Only, here's the thing. We know it's not true. As Christians, as followers of Christ, believers of the Bible, the Word, the Holy Scripture, we know that this is absolutely bogus. So, Turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And the Bible says, so it's Ephesians 2, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also... We all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. See, right here, Paul straight up identifies Satan as being the prince of the world. You know, we we have all these depictions that, you know, he's down in hell and ruling over it. You know, that he's he's torturing people down, down in hell. Only, that's not what the Bible tells us. When you read through the Bible, here and in various other places, the scripture tells us that he is the prince of this world. That he is here with us right now, spinning lies and trying to tempt us, just like he did with Jesus. Not only that, each and every one of us has a sinful nature. And because of it, you know, we sin. We're selfish. We don't give our hearts completely over to God. We don't love Him with all of our hearts all of the time, even though we should. We all stray. We all sin. We've all fallen short of the goal in our lives. Why? Because we live corrupt lives in a corrupt world. What do I mean by corrupt lives? Well, sinful lives. 
It's, it really, and it really is that simple. You see, we need to go to speak with the Holy Spirit every day. Every day we need to be renewed. We need to be rejuvenated. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It does not say renew. It does not say renewed, but renewing. Renewing meaning ongoing, continuous. See, God wants us to be transformed and to have new godly minds. After all, when we truly have a relationship with Jesus, when we become Christians, we all become new creations. With that comes a new mindset, a new outlook, a new way of doing things. Look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 21, in which the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. See, we're empowered and we're built up as a part of God's family and have had the wool pulled off from over our eyes. Whereas the rest of the world is buying lock, stock, and barrel into this nonsense victim's mentality they're falling for the lies of the devil. And what's happening is that they're looking at the world through his lens. You see, the devil knows God. The devil knows scripture. And because of that, he will use it. But he'll put a twist on it. See, when you go to like when you go to Matthew chapter four, and we're looking at verses one through eleven, this is talking about the temptation of Christ. All right, when he's trying to tempt Jesus, he uses the scripture as a, as a means to try to tempt him. And, and when you look at it, like you know, he tells he tells Jesus to jump from the temple. Right, they're up at the highest point, and he tells him to jump, and points out that scripture says that God will command his angels to protect him. But what happens here is he doesn't use things in context. He doesn't use everything that he should. See, And that's why Jesus sees right through him. Jesus saw through through this lie because it was twisted and taken out of context. Because while, yes, the devil is using Psalm 91, he's taken it out of context. Much like a lot of prosperity preachers and other false teachers out there today do. So, how did Jesus respond? Well, easily. He responds using Deuteronomy chapter 6, which says, We should not test God. And when it comes to testing God, it, it, it's, it's either, it's, it's, this is what it comes down to. You either believe what God says or you don't. Matter of fact, when we read about the temptation of Christ in both, when you look at the, at the books of Matthew and when we look at uh, the book of John, so Matthew and uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, not John, Matthew and Luke. When we look at the books of Matthew and we look at the book of Luke, each time Satan tries to twist something to trick Jesus to try to tempt him, 
Jesus counters him with the truth of the word. And each of his responses, every time, he, pull, he, he pulls from Deuteronomy chapter 6. See, Satan leaves things out in order to manipulate the big picture. What he, what he did when he tries to tempt Jesus is the same thing that he does when he tempts us. He appeals to our flesh, which is where our sinful nature resides. Whereas Jesus responded with the word of God. The word of God, which is what we should all be doing at all times. And this is a great example. This is something that's really kind of minoritized that that shouldn't be, because this is huge. You know, it's like when you look at, like, you know, the... The, the armor of God and all, what, what's the word? Well, it's the sword of truth, right? And this in itself, this is a tremendous reason for all of us to actually read our Bibles verse by verse and get to know it. So that when we fall under attack, we don't become victims like those in the world. By knowing scripture, not only can we defend ourselves, but we can actually counterattack the enemy. Because he didn't like that. See, now, I'm going to share with you now, there, there's an old story. and it, it, The author's unknown. It's an unknown author. All right, And some of you may have heard this before. It goes like this. There was a peasant, and he would talk to his children, and he would tell them when they were young that when you all reach the age of 12, I will tell you the secret of life. One day, his oldest son had his birthday, and he turned 12. And so he went to his father, and he was really eager to hear what this secret was. So he asked his father, hey, you said when I turned 12 that you would tell me what the secret of life. Could you tell me what that is? And the father said, yeah, no problem. I'll tell you. But here's the thing. After I tell you, you can't share it with anybody. Don't tell it to your brothers. You have to keep it to yourself. And the secret of life is this. The cow does not give milk. What? What are you saying? Asked the kid. His son was just like, whoa, he's blown away. So his dad says, as you hear it, son, the cow does not give milk. You have to milk it. You have to get up at four in the morning, go out to the field, walk through a corral full of manure, hobble the legs of the cow, sit on a stool, place the bucket under it, and do the work yourself. That is the secret of life. That cows don't give milk. You have to milk her. Or you don't get any. See, there's this generation that thinks that cows give milk. That things are automatic and free. And the mentality is that if I wish, if I ask, then I will get it. They have been accustomed to getting whatever they want the easy way. But life is not a matter of wishing, asking, and obtaining. 
The things that one receives are the effort of what one does. Happiness is the result of effort. Lack of effort creates frustration. So, share this with your children. At a young age, the secret of life. So they don't grow up with the mentality that the government, their parents, or their cute little faces are going to give them everything that they need in life. Remember, cows don't give milk. You have to work for it. All right. So that's the story, right? But it pertains because that is the same problem that we see with society today. That is the mentality that we're seeing today, that people are entitled to have the world given to them. Whatever they want, they can have. All they need to do is ask for it. That it's a reward that should be given to them because of any hardship that they've had to deal deal with in their life. You know, oh, you've had it hard. You know what? That's the same lie that Jesus was told. That the world would be given and all he had to do in return was bow down and worship Satan. And that's what we're being told. That everything can be just given to you, that you're entitled to it. And all we have to do is worship Satan. And the sad thing is, is people don't even realize that they're falling for that trap, that that's exactly what they're doing with every idol in their lives. Only they don't believe that what they're seeing and what they're looking at and what they're dealing with is an idol. Unfortunately, it is. Anything that comes before God is an idol. You see, Satan can't give you fulfillment. Only Jesus can. The world, contrary to popular belief, doesn't owe you a thing. You need to work for what you want. And you have to earn, honestly. It doesn't mean things are ever going to be easy matter of fact the bible tells us it won't be it doesn't mean others aren't going to try to take advantage of you they will that's the world in them and it's an opportunity for you to show the light of god in you anytime that the enemy turns on you Rebuke it with scripture. See, the way we live is the same as how we learn scripture. We have to work to know scripture. We have to read it. We have to hear it. We have to learn it. We have to apply it. We have to live it. It's how we develop our relationship with Jesus. And our stations in life are no different. We're trained to do the work. We have ongoing training. You know, we we read, we listen, we make adjustments, we apply what we've learned, and we do the work. None of it just comes to us. Nothing will ever just be given to us. 
We've been given the means to earn it. Not everyone is going to like what you're doing. Not everybody is going to like you. And the deeper your relationship is with the Lord, the more people of the world are going to turn on you. Just keep your eyes on the Lord and keep doing the right things. God's going to take care of the rest. God is going to take care of you. So keep loving the world, even at its most unlovable, just as Jesus has loved you. You are blessed. You are a blessing. Now go and be the church. Thank you all for joining us here today at Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Please like, subscribe, and share our podcast on any platform it is that you tune into us on. If you do have any questions, any prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at bethelightsanctuary.org or on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. Uh, You can also find how to contact us there, whether it's direct message or email. We look forward to hearing from you all. God bless.